the forces of creation. The purpose of creation is the primary force. The Ari tells us in his Shah Kavanot that the purpose of the Creator is to give pleasure to the created beings. This of necessity invoked that the created being would have the desire to receive all that the Creator wants to give him. Thus the created being is defined by having a will to receive, whereas the Creator only has the desire to give. God does not need to receive anything, as the Creator has no lack. But since the created being is receiving, and the Creator is giving, this produces a discrepancy of form between them, and thus a distance opens up between us and God. As in spirituality, difference of desire causes a spiritual distance. Indeed, when we're receiving for ourselves alone, we are at opposite poles from the form of the Creator, whose name is the one who is good and does good. To correct the situation, the Malchut of the Ein Sof, which is the original created being from which all others come, brought forth a new form of receiving. That is, receiving only with the intention of giving pleasure to the giver. This means that the created being no longer wants to receive for his own enjoyment, but that he wants to receive only because this is the will of the Creator that he should do so. This type of receiving enables the created being to receive all the good that God wants to give him, and yet remain in affinity of form, dvekut with the Creator, and thus converts a finite, limited, separated vessel into an infinite channel for the flow of all God's goodness. Receiving only for the sake of giving is the fulfilment of the creation and is called the Gemaratikun both for the individual and for all the souls together. However, in order to come to this fulfilment of the creation, there needs to be a process. We cannot act as givers if our inbuilt created nature is that of being receivers. So, the attribute of being able to give was added to the soul's original nature. This is the inner meaning of what is termed in the Kabbalah Tzimtzumbet and is referred to as the joining of the virtue of compassion with that of judgment. Shituf Havachamim Bedin The joining of the Sfirah of Malchut, the original vessel, with that of Bina, the Sfirah whose modality is that of desiring to give unconditionally. The Tanakh tells us that man was created from the dust of the earth. That is, his origin is that of Malchut, which in the Kabbalah is referred to as the earth, and stamped within him is the will to receive. Indeed, it is during his childhood that the person first develops his will to receive, in the form of the ego. Only when he reaches Bar Mitzvah or Bat Mitzvah does the aspect of giving begin to awaken within him, and then he begins his work through Torah Mitzvot, whose virtue is that through their practice he can learn to lay down his will to receive and concentrate on giving. 
Giving is the expression of his soul. Originally, the soul only incarnates at the lowest level in order to give him life force. Subsequently, to the extent that he develops his will to give, does the levels of the soul gradually incarnate within him as he comes into affinity form with the spiritual levels that they represent. The spiritual development of the human being is in myriad stages, but broadly speaking, we can categorise it into four main ones. These four stages are, firstly, the will to receive for the sake of receiving, also known as the will to receive oneself alone. In this stage, a person simply working to fulfil the desires of his ego in the physical, the emotional, the mental, even the spiritual realm. The second stage is the will to give for the sake of receiving. This is like a trade. That's, I'll give to you because by doing so, I'll receive something I want or need from you. It can be an emotional trade, such as receiving appreciation or honour. doesn't have to be a physical trade. Both these stages, stage one and two, are actually just fulfilment of the will to receive, but they express differently. In the second stage, although the person is using the medium of giving, he is still actually mainly concerned with receiving. But the third stage is fundamentally different. In this stage, a person comes to the ability to give only for the sake of giving. Here the person is in affinity of form with the Creator. This stage is already devekut with the Creator, unity with the Creator. It is the first stage of the tzaddik and is defined as the tikkun of the creation. And the final stage expresses itself when the person only wants to receive what God wants to give him, not because he needs to receive, but because by doing so, he enables the Creator to fulfil his purpose of creation. This stage is termed the Gemara Tikkun. So, it is by the joining of the virtue of giving to that of receiving that we are able to bring about this process called the Tikkun of creation. And this, in fact, is the work of the souls whilst in this world. Through the practice of Torah and Mitzvot, we learn to choose to give rather than to receive. We learn to be in affinity form with the Creator rather than to receive from Him, even though our desire to receive is not in fact lessened, but we learn to lay it aside. Giving and being in affinity of form with the Creator becomes gradually more important to us than receiving for ourselves alone. However, this process does not happen on its own. And there are in fact two ways which push us into moving away from our wills to receive alone, away from our limited, selfish, separated selves, into a lasting connection with the divine. These two ways are defined by Rabbi Ashlag in his book Matan Torah as the way of suffering and the way of Torah and mitzvot. This is what he has to say. Know that there are two forces given to us from above that push us to climb up and ascend the rungs of the spiritual ladder until we reach the heavenly top that is our destination, namely, our similarity of form with our Creator, may the one be blessed. The first of these forces pushes us without our intent, which is to say, 
without our personal choice. This force pushes us from behind. We've defined it as the way of suffering or the way of nature. From it stems the philosophy of moral conduct that's called ethics, which is based on experiential knowledge acquired by critical analysis of situations that arise in practice. This ethical law is, in fact, a summary of the damage that's become obvious to us and which is caused by the core of egoism within us. These experiences came to us seemingly by chance, without our intending them or choosing them, but they're sure in their purpose, because the character the evil takes becomes clearer to our senses. According to the measure that we recognise the damage the evil causes, we remove ourselves from it and thus arrive at a higher rung on the ladder. The second force pulls us consciously through the power of our own choice. This force pulls us forward from ahead. We've designated this force as being the path of Torah and mitzvot for the sake of giving benefit to the Creator. For through the practice of the mitzvot, we find that there develops within us with marvellous rapidity the same sense of recognition of the evil. We thereby profit in two ways. Firstly, we do not have to wait for the vicissitudes of life to push us from behind, for the incentive they give rise to is measured only by the amount of pain and destruction they cause us, which comes upon us through the presence of the evil within us. Through the path of service to God, may the one be blessed, the same recognition of the evil within us develops without any prior suffering or destruction. This gradual sense of the recognition of the evil increases and develops within us through the periods of delight and great tranquillity that we receive periodically, consequent on our service to God. May the one be blessed. And from our experiencing the pleasantness and refinement that comes to us, consequent on our affinity of form with our Creator. Secondly, we save time, as this process functions with our intent, and we have it within our ability to increase our practice of Torah and Mitzvot, and so hurry up the time our healing takes as much as we wish. We can ask the question, what pushes us to the suffering or pulls us to Torah and Mitzvot? Rabbi Gottlieb, in his commentary on Matan Torah, explains, When we receive in this world, unless it is for the benefit of the other, or because we've earned it in some way, we feel shame or embarrassment. The Baalus Salam portrayed this problem in Matan Torah. It's like a rich man who sees a poor man in the marketplace and gives him all possible food, drink and money. Every day he gives him more gifts, adding to that which he's already given him. But when asked if he's got any requests left, the poor man answers, I wish that all these gifts had come to me from my own hand and not through charity. The rich man replies, in this I cannot help you. The receiver feels embarrassment when he receives something for nothing from the giver. Only if he earned the wealth himself would the receiver feel comfortable. Thus we see that we can give our friend all that he needs physically, but we cannot give him the feeling that he did it himself. In order to diminish the embarrassment that occurs 
on receiving something for nothing. The sages fixed that the best form of tzedakah is when the giver doesn't know to whom he gave and the receiver doesn't know from whom he receives. But the truth is that even in this circumstance, the feeling of shame on receiving without having paid for it still exists. But there's no other option available. The giver needs to learn to give and the receiver needs to receive, otherwise he or his wife and children would go hungry. We can see that the sages limited the shame of receiving to the minimum, but such giving is not fitting for the Creator, for His giving needs to be whole, with nothing to mar it. And thus, the work that we're given to do in Torah and Mitzvot actually turns out to be a blessing, because this labour is to our benefit, because that way we do not receive from God's hand with embarrassment. We can understand the tikkun of creation according to the laws of borrowing and lending. One who borrows is obliged to repay the loan and is not ashamed when he takes out a loan because he knows that in the future he will repay what he's borrowed. Sometimes he repays in the same coin but other times his repayment takes a different form. For example, a worker lends the contractor his strength and the contractor repays the loan in money. Accordingly, Rabbi Akiva and Pirkei Avot said, Everything is placed in pledge and a net is spread over all the living. The store is open, the storekeeper extends credit, the account book lies open, the hand writes, and all who wish to borrow may come and borrow. The collection officers make their rounds every day in exact payment from man, with his knowledge and without his knowledge. Their case is well founded, the judgment is a judgment of truth, and ultimately, all is prepared for the feast. Ethics of the Fathers, Chapter 3 Explanation In this world, it seems to us like the shop is open, and one can take from it all that we want without having to pay. But Rabbi Akiva would say, you're mistaken. Everything that we take in this world, whether small or big, whether physical or spiritual, is listed down in the ledger. Where is this ledger? It's in our consciousness, in the unconsciousness of the human being. Since it is so listed, it's clear that the day will come when we will have to pay for what we took. And why do we have this consciousness? It's because we are the children of the Malchut, the children of that original vessel, that God created in the Ein Sof, the original vessel who desired not just to receive, but to come to a closer affinity of form with God by correcting the manner of receiving only for the sake of giving. Thus it is in our consciousness that we need to rectify the creation, to fulfil the tikkun of creation, so that the purpose of creation can come to its full manifestation. The truth of the matter is, all belongs to God. It is all his domain. Ein od milvado. There is none other than God. And thus the world, in its inner reality, is a reshut yachid, a single domain. All belongs to God's domain.
only the ego creates an illusion of reality which imagines itself as being external to the domain of God, such that it feels as if there are two realities in the creation, one that's God's and one of the ego's. If a person receives something in the domain of his will to receive himself alone, this is designated as taking. It doesn't have to be a physical taking. For example, a person learns Torah. If he learns Torah in order to satisfy his will to receive for himself alone, we find that he took what he attained in Torah into his own domain. This is listed down in the ledger. His own consciousness will ultimately cause him to pay. But every action that we do in order to give pleasure to the Creator or to our fellow man is not designated as taking, but it remains within the domain of the Creator, within the single domain. May the one be blessed. All is listed in the soul, and ultimately the soul itself wants to make amends for the taking. We can do these amends consciously, in tshuva, but if we don't, then through the soul we will attract suffering to ourselves, whether spiritual, emotional or physical. This is not a punishment, but it's an effort by the soul to get back to the work of tikkun of creation for which it came into the world. All of us, together, make up the one soul. We are each a particle of that one soul that God created, the soul of Adam. Each one of us, in our own way, needs to do the work of Tikkun. By giving to each other, by helping each other, we can lessen each other's suffering and together bring about the fulfilment of the purpose of creation and bring it that much closer. audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Horus School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.